The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right. So as we have been teasing for the better part of two weeks now. We have two very special guests joining us on the Orange and Black Insider to help continue our AFC North preview coverage for 2022. We have the hosts rejoining the program once again, this time together. We've had them separately on the program. We've got them both together, Mark Bergen and Ike Taylor of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Guys, thanks for joining us. How you, how you both doing? I'm good. You know, it's it's the it's the orange and black collabing with the black and gold marketing. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah, fellas, thanks so much for having us on and putting me ahead of Ike Taylor. I don't know about that, Anthony, but <laughs> thanks for having us on. And I want to be the first to say thanks for sending over Larry Oak and Joby. We're gonna love him in oh. Pittsburgh. Oh boy, we'll get to that in a second. I yeah, I know that's uh, that one's not sitting well. With a lot of Bengals fans and those of us who cover the team, a, a good player there. Mark, you can catch him on WRAL. He's doing a lot of work down there in Raleigh on their uh, on the NBC affiliate, correct, Mark? Yes, sir. Along with the Believe in Steelers podcast. And, of course, Ike Taylor, Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steeler, Steelers and uh, a, a guy that was a thorn in the Bengals' side for quite some time, a great player in his own right. Great to have both of them with us. Let's just uh, – start things off here gentlemen um what are we thinking about the the, the quarterback situation in, in Pittsburgh that's kind of the big headline this year obviously we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the draft class as a whole but um you know the, the Ben Roethlisberger was was at the end of his career it was kind of time I think a lot of us know that but now you've got Kenny Pickett Mitchell Trubisky Mason Rudolph kind of in the mix I guess Mark we'll start with you how is how is that position group looking at this point in time through early workouts and whatnot and how do you kind of see that playing out as week one is on the horizon in terms of a starter yeah whichever player ends up winning the quarterback battle will have earned it by the time we get through training camp preseason and then week one of the regular season and so with Trubisky it's one of those things hopefully you can resurrect his career a lot like almost you saw with Ryan Tannehill with the Tennessee Titans, and that you hope that he can stave off Kenny Pickett, the first-round pick, for as long as possible. 
kind of the analogy I've been making is what the Kansas City Chiefs did with Alex Smith before they decided to turn over the reins with Patrick Mahomes. That's like best case scenario. Now, remember, Alex Smith was a Pro Bowl quarterback and took the Chiefs to the playoffs as well. But you understood and recognized that there was a limited ceiling and that Alex Smith wasn't going to lead the Chiefs to a Super Bowl title, which is you bring in Patrick Mahomes, the rest is history. He's now worth half a billion dollars. That's like best case scenario of how this plays out. But Pittsburgh gets the local kid, the kid who played right in their backyard, who's already accustomed to playing at, at, at Heinz Field. How cool is that? So to me, it's really going to be a two-man race. But now don't forget about Mason Rudolph either, who like, look, I know Steelers fans are going to point to, well, he tied a winless Detroit Lions team in the 2021 season, but he has experience as a starting quarterback in this league as well. So I'm really excited. I mean, this is what we're going to be talking about. It's all offseason, really, again, between now and the start of the 2022 season. And it's going to be a three-man race, but really a two-man race, in my opinion, between both Kenny Pickett and Mitch Trubisky. Ike, I want you to follow up as well with your thoughts on that, but I also kind of want to get your thoughts on what you saw out of Ben Roethlisberger. Um, You know, you played with him at the height of his career, Hall of Fame player, and um, seeing him, you know, kind of struggle through the end of the season and whatnot, that must have been tough for you playing with him and seeing how great he he was and a, a fantastic career, obviously, but now the transition has to take place in Pittsburgh. Ike, I, hold on, hold on. Did, did you ever think to like just text Ben and say, come on, man, enough, enough is enough. <laughs> like, like what, are, what are we doing out here? And, yeah, I, I like, and, and Mark can attest to this. I always thought, you know, just because I, I want my goal is to be a general manager of some sort. And I've always been taught from Kevin Colbert it's, it's, it's cool to, to let a player go a couple of years before then to hold on to him um, and not damage the team, but just hold on to him too long. And I just felt like Pittsburgh kind of held on to seven too long. You know, when, when, when seven, and we're talking about Big Ben, when seven lost his ability to scramble and extend plays like he once did when he was younger, that's when you start to see the injuries kind of kind of pile on that's when you start to see the interceptions that's when you start to see the bad decisions that's when you start to see uh seven not be immortal like he once was you know if you ask anybody who played the pittsburgh steelers from terrell Suggs with the ravens and company you know the sack and ben when he was young was never a guarantee for for some reason he always houdini out of a sack extended plays and, and threw the ball downfield so that's how I felt about seven. I felt like seven should retire or should have retired three years ago. Now, what people like to argue with me about is getting to the playoffs. Uh, for the Pittsburgh, Coach T said the best, the standard is the standard. So the standard ain't getting to the playoffs. The standard is getting to the Super Bowl and having the chance to win the Super Bowl. So once we lost that, which the Pittsburgh Steelers haven't been to a Super Bowl since 2009-010 season, that's when I kind of knew, like, it's, it's – it's, it's about that time for seven to hang up the cleats. But, of course, how can you tell a future Hall of Famer to hang up his cleats when he's been successful for so long, when he never had a losing season? It's kind of hard to tell a guy like that. You know, you you playing in the league 15-plus years, and you can honestly say or be one of the only ones that say, I've never had a losing season. You know, so I understand from the player standpoint, from a general manager standpoint, I thought Pittsburgh, should have let Ben go three years ago. Now, when it comes down to who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Pittsburgh Steelers between Pickett, Mason, 
or Mitchell Trubisky, it's like, I mean, the only really starter in the AFC North is Joe Burrow. Because Lamar Jackson, you don't know what's going to happen with the contract situation. So we really don't know who the starter is going to be in Baltimore. With Pittsburgh, it's going to be a fight between the three, between Mitch, Mason, and Pickett. And honestly, you know, with the Cleveland Browns, we don't know what's going to happen with Baker Mayfield or with Deshaun Watson, what the NFL is going to do with them. So, you know, right now, the only true starter in the AFC North is Joe Burrow. So, yeah, like in week one, that, that's going to be the Steelers' first game is against the Bengals. Like the Steelers did start a rookie quarterback, you know, 20 years ago, Ben Roethlisberger. He won AP Offensive Rookie of the Year. So it's not completely out of the realm for a rookie to start for that franchise. But is there anything that like Trubisky, like what, what's the dynamic of, of that competition? Is it Trubisky has to be just like a, a much better quarterback than he was with the Bears to make sure that he continues to start over Pickett or is it more of Pickett just proving that he's well ahead of the curve as a rookie to get that week one nod? I think, Jay, that's 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 the key factor. If if the organization, if the coaching staff feel like Pickett is ahead of the curve, they're going to start him. And the only reason why they're going to start him is because now the strength to that team is on the defensive side. When Big Ben played and he was a rookie, where was the strength of the team? It was on the defensive side. You know, when you're when you're in the top five defense out of my 12 year career, we was top five for seven. We was top 10 for 10. We was top 15 for 12. So you're go always going to give a quarterback a, a good scenario, a good situation when you're just in the top 10, period. The top five, of course, I think we was one. We was one and two five years out of my career. So you can pretty much play anybody you want to and you're going to give yourself a chance to win ball games. Now, Super Bowls, I may not know, but heck, Big Ben won a Super Bowl, his rookie year starting. So who's to say you can't do it? So yes, if Kenny Pickett is ahead of the curve, of course, but I'm not going to doubt Mitchell Trubisky. And Mark and I talk about this scenario between who's going to start. Um, and we say, or I say, and we say together that, you know, sometimes the grass ain't greener. But for Mitchell Trubisky, <laughs> the grass is so green. It's, it's a golf course green on what he has on the defensive side with Pittsburgh, what he has when it comes down to wide receivers, the trio that he have, tight ends. The only thing you can really say is the offensive line, and the offensive line got better from last year. And, of course, they added some pieces this year. And we want to talk about the running back situation. So Mr. Trubisky is not only a first-round draft pick as well, but he has an arm and he's super athletic. And Mr. Trubisky is a former Pro Bowl <laughs> caliber quarterback. So I'm not going to discredit him as well. So – when it comes down to Kenny Pickett, of course, John, I think the only way they'll give denied, and that's a Pittsburgh still, if they see a huge learning curve that's going to help out uh, Kenny Pickett and the organization. And the only reason why they'll make that decision is because of the strength of the defense. Yeah, and something we want to see with Trubisky as well, if in fact he is the starter, is utilize his leg, you know, run bootlegs, run designed RPOs, run, you know, read option plays because he can scoot. He has legs. And I think that's a facet of his game that wasn't really properly utilized in Chicago because remember when Trubisky was drafted in 2017, John Fox was the head coach. Then Matt Nagy and company comes in. So the head coaching staff that he dealt with in Chicago wasn't the head coaching staff that initially drafted him when he got selected by the bears. So you get some stability and you have some legs and to do some things that, you just weren't able to do these last several years with Big Ben. It's no knock on the future Hall of Famer, but 
Ike, yeah, I can attest to the fact that you took a lot of grief from our listeners and viewers saying the Steelers should have moved on. But you look across the division and the young quarterback talent that exists with the other teams in the AFC North. And that was the thing with Big Ben as he got into the twilight of his career is, you know, he was on the back nine of his career. Whereas these young quarterbacks, the Joe Burrows, the Lamar Jacksons of the world, just keep getting better and better with more and more experience that they get in this league. And so that's why the selection of Pickett made all the sense of the world at number 20, because you look at next year's draft, and I don't care if it's CJ Stroud, I don't care if it's Bryce Young, the Steelers never bottom out. They're not going to be in a position to draft one of those top elite blue chip quarterbacks in next year's draft in the 2023 draft. Talking with Mark Bergen and Ike Taylor of the Believe in Steelers podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, good partnership we have with that organization. We've got a lot of great guests, including these two, joining us and helping us preview the division and namely the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, Mark, you uh, said the word stability and stability and the Pittsburgh Steelers is synonymous. And that goes hand in hand with the head coach, Mike Tomlin. But here's the thing, you know, Ike, you, you, also mentioned it that it's been a little while and there's the Super Bowl standard in Pittsburgh it's been a little while since the Steelers have made the big dance there and um, yes there's not a losing season in Tomlin's record either but now he is hitching his wagon to you know some quarterbacks with questions I, I do think to your guys point Trubisky's best shot in terms of reviving his career probably is in a place like Pittsburgh because of the organizational stability there but um what's what's kind of the long-term outlook in both of your guys's opinion with Mike Tomlin is it just you know his job until he wants it based on his resume and what he has done or is the pressure kind of dialed up a little bit even though we know the Steelers really really value stability and don't like to switch out coaches and whatnot I mean it, what, what's kind of the long-term outlook there with Tomlin in terms of hey let's just say this is another you know 500 ish season. Um, I don't know. Are there, is there a long, longer leash, I guess, because of rookie quarterback, all that kind of stuff. Like you take this first and then I'll follow. No, nah, coach T just too easy to play for. You know, if you ask anybody who played with coach T, um, it, you can even ask, you know, the Cleveland Brown star corner, star corner, Joe Hayden, who left Cleveland and came to Pittsburgh still, you know, coach T just too easy to play for, you know, coach T Coach T, when it comes down to his cerebral point of view, uh, he's one of the few coaches who can pretty much just simplify everything. You know, and he's one of the coaches who will ask a player, what do you see on the field? Like, okay, this is what I see on tape, but you're out on the field. So, you know, it's a few people that he'll ask, and it's probably a veteran guy, but what you see instinctively. And for a head coach and for a coach to have that kind of stability and for Coach T resume, when a coach come to you and ask you what you see or you'll sit down and meet with Coach T and Coach T say, you know what, on third down, I'm giving this defense these three calls. It's on y'all on what y'all want to call on the field. You don't get that too often. It's a lot of egos at that head coaching job. It's just a lot of egos at that point in time of being a professional, period. But when you have a coach who's open-minded on what the players see and feel on the field, see and feel on the field, it's just, like I say, man, it's just too easy to play with Coach T. Coach T, Stability ain't going nowhere because regardless of what the outside world say, the Roonies and, and that organization, they tune and they mute everybody out. That's why they're always in a position, not only to make the playoffs, but just to keep things going. Now, just because of that quarterback situation with the nine mobility that Ben 
gave them for the past couple of years, I think the organization, not I think, I know the organization kind of knew that. So, you know, that gave Coach T a lifeline. With with that lifeline, he got another contract, I think, till 2024. You know, so Coach T know exactly what he's doing. In my mind, he has a fresh start with a new set of quarterbacks. And right now, the way this NFL is going, that's exactly what you want. You want two good quarterbacks, possibly three, sitting on your bench. One can be trade bait. You just never know. So we 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 didn't watch, you know, uh, the Green Bay Packers are in a situation with Aaron Rodgers in their first round draft pick. We've watched Alex Smith and Patrick Mahomes be in this situation. We've watched Tommy Maddox and Big Ben be in that situation. If you want to go back to even Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, they was in that situation. If you want to go even further back to Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady, they was in the same situation. I think now GMs and coaching staffs, they look at it as more trade bait. So the only thing, the only problem they have now is a good problem, which quarterback I want to keep. You know, so that's 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 how it is nowadays when it comes back to that quarterback situation. And that's the situation Coach T is finally in now. I'll it's take on... the... okay, go, go ahead, John. No, no, no. I was, I was going to move on. Go ahead, Mark. I'll take this in a little bit of a different direction. If there's one clip that sums this up the best to me was a few years back, Coach T was ta- uh, mic'd up on the sideline and he's talking to Chase Young. The, at the time, he was a rookie for the Washington football team. And he looks at him, he says, I'm never in a position to draft the guy that looks like you. And that's because he's never had that losing season to where he can get a top five pick in the draft. So in a certain extent, he's a victim of his own success because the Steelers haven't won a playoff game since the 2016-2017 playoffs. So it's been five years, but they never bottom out to get that elite level talent that you would expect you know, to be able to get some of the top caliber talent in this league. And when he came on our show, on the Believe in Steelers show, we got such great feedback, Ike, and it got, my, it got me thinking about, okay, what's the bigger picture in all of this? He can stay in Pittsburgh or be a coach in this league for as long as he wants to be because of what the players say about him consistently, even once they've left the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. But I look at this upcoming season. We've got Thursday Night Football on Amazon Prime. And you see the money that they're forking over to bring in high caliber broadcasters and the fact that Al Michaels, Kirk Herbstreet are going to be announcing. Fox just lopped up Tom Brady for when he decides to hang it up and you see the money that's there. Amazon also went after Sean McVay, who decided to remain the Rams head coach. But now that these tech streaming companies are getting involved in the broadcast rights for football, I think it could get to the point where, say, the Netflixes of the world, the Amazons of the world, Apple, Google, Facebook, if they want to get in the game and say, hey, we want the live rights to football to end, to the NFL, if they offer Mike Tomlin the amount of money, like he did our show, he's done Rich Eisen, and Ike, he, he just did your former teammate Ryan Clark's show, The Pivot. And if you look at the feedback from each of those interviews where he's relaxed, he's around people that he is familiar with. Ike, you played for him for several years in Pittsburgh. Ryan Clark played for him for several years. You see that he has the gift of gab, and it's very, very genuine. If and when he decides he wants to become a broadcaster or an analyst, there's going to be a number of networks lined up. And I'll leave you with this as well. We had John McClain of the Houston Chronicle on our show probably about a year ago. And he was talking with me before the start of the show, and he's covered the NFL for 45 years. 
And he said, if the Steelers ever decided to get rid of Mike Tomlin, if he wanted to, he would have a head coaching job from one of the other 31 teams by sundown on the same day. So you're talking about that kind of caliber of as a coach. He's going to be in Canton when it's all said and done. If he wants to remain a coach, if he wants to become a broadcaster. I personally think he's going to move to that broadcast booth sooner rather than later. I don't know when it'll be. I don't think it'll be the next year or two, but further down the line, I think that's in Mike Tomlin's future. We got to think, you know, now, now's a good time for Tomlin to stay because his team is finally spending money on free agents. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're giving Mika Fitzpatrick actual guaranteed money beyond the first year. It's kind of a transition from that side of things organizationally. And this offseason in free agency, there was a focal point on the offensive line, you know, re-signing Chuck, you know, signing two free agents in the interior. I just remember when they drafted Najee Harris, who I love as a person. I think he's a phenomenal character. I just remember thinking, yeah, he's great, but like he's going into an offensive line that's not very good. And we did see the ramifications of that and his effectiveness not being fully utilized behind last year's version of the offensive line. Do you guys think that with these additions and this investment in the offensive line, is it enough to get the most out of Najee in this second year? See, that's why I think Najee is the best on one of the, the top five running backs in the league. When you look at Nick Chubbs and Kareem Hunt, the, you know, and, and regardless on the talent of the two, I mean, they got a fire offensive line. You know, when you look at Najee, and Najee had over 1,000 yards, and what he did despite the offensive line, you got to be like, man, it's a heck of a, a, a rookie running back. So he got to be in my top five. When you look at Jonathan Taylor, you know, it's hard to get 1,800 yards. You know, Jonathan was one of the only few in in, in the Derrick Henrys where, you know, they're, they're built their team towards the running backs. You know, you build your team towards Nick Chubbs, Kareem Hunt. If you're Tennessee, you build your team towards uh, Henry. And and that's just what it was. Pittsburgh didn't build their team towards, you know, uh, Najee. You know, their team has always been built around seven. So you get a young stud and a young stud come in as a rookie. And the first thing Coach Tomlin says is, I want to see him pick up the third down blitz. <laughs> like, I know what he can do <laughs> from the running back standpoint. Can he be on the field all three that all three downs? So the fact that the young man came in and and displayed and showed during training camp, I could be on the field for all three downs, show how valuable he was. And not only that, at the point in time, seven was like, well, they asked seven, Big Ben, will Najee come out in the backfield? And we saw him catch the ball out of the backfield. Now I think Matt Canada will use him more coming out of the backfield because he's going to open up because now he has younger legs at that quarterback position. So, yeah, I look at Najee as one of the top five running backs in the league. And the reason why, because what he did as a rookie with the OK offensive line, and this year I expect more with less carries than Coach T. So that's exactly what he's going to do. He's going to give, give him less carries and let the man come out of the backfield. So he'll be a dual threat, just how they use Le'Veon Bell in his early years. Ooh, I like it, Ike. And remember, last season, you're starting two rookies on the offensive line and Dan Moore Jr. and Kendrick Green. Kevin Dotson, the left guard, a second-year player as well. So they were young and experienced, and the best way to get better and to develop is to get that game experience. And a couple things I want to see with Najee this year. I don't want to see him lead the league in touches again, which he did as a rookie last season. And everyone's calling for a 2,000-yard campaign from Najee. I don't want to see that either. Who can be the Robin to Najee Harris as Batman? That's one of the big question marks that I have for the Steelers entering this upcoming season. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. 
As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Talking with Mark Bergen and Ike Taylor, the duo of the Believe in Steelers podcast joining us. Hopefully they've got a couple more minutes uh, as we start wrapping things up, getting a peek over the fence to check out what's going on with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Ike, you mentioned top five, and there was an interesting quote from an offensive player on the Pittsburgh Steelers on a uh, podcast this week in Chase Claypool, wide receiver claiming he is a top three and or top five wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, along with him, I mean, he's obviously got athleticism and talent. Um, there's there's George Pickens they just drafted, and we'll we'll pull up the the draft picks here. But how's that wide receiver group looking in your guys' estimation this year? I mean, they've got some talent there, but it seems as if consistency, or at least over the past couple of seasons, has been a little bit of a problem. Whether it's with drops in Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, kind of being up and down here and there. So I, I just kind of wanted to get your guys' feel of that group. Because there are a lot of talented wideouts in this in this division here. Who drafts better at wide receivers than the Pittsburgh Steelers? Nobody. You can just go back from the Stallworth to the Lin Swan errors, that that duo. Then if you want to fast forward that, you can look at Hines Ward, Plexico Burris, Antoine Randall. Then if you want to look at that point, you can look at they so they let they let Antoine Antoine went to the Redskins, Plex went to the Giants. So now you have Santonio Holmes, uh, Hans Ward, and Mike Wallace. Then you let Santonio Holmes go, and you let <laughs> Mike Wallace go. So now you have Mike Wallace, Emmanuel Sanders, Antonio Brown. So then Mike go and get paid with Minnesota. Uh, Emmanuel go to Denver. So now you got AB, Juju, and Chase. So now you got so now you got Chase right now with Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. So that's just something the Pittsburgh Steelers do at the wide receiver position. You know, they draft them well. They get Hall of Fame receivers. Um, if it's one position you're not going to cut short or you can't say the, posi- the position the Pittsburgh Steelers don't draft well, you can't say the wide receiver position. So, yeah, when Chase made that that statement and Mark and I talked about it last night on our show, like Chase 
athletic athletic wise, yeah, he is a top three receiver. It's the maturity part. So, and that's the part Chase got to overcome. And I think Coach T was in Chase defense when he had that little mess up or that little hiccup for the Minnesota Vikings game. You know, he's Coach T came to his defense and said, you know what, he's a young, he's a young guy. He's going to make mistakes. This is why I'm here. Not only I'm here for coaching, but I'm here to mentor these these young men and make them in on and off the field. That's why you got to love Coach T. But when it comes down to Chase, what can't he do? You know, he can get past you deep. He can jump and get the rebound off the basketball hoop. He can break a tackle and make a, a six-yard gain, an 80-yard gain. And he does something. Him and George Pickens do something that has to be a want to. And we talk about this all the time. It's blocking. So when you got two receivers who want to block, who wants to put on tape, who wants to make a statement, what does that help? That helps your running game because you're able to get out on the perimeter and for opposing corners and safety, they got to know not only do I have to cover this guy, but it's going to be a dog fight because all he want to do is create violence on my side of the ball. Yeah. And speaking of violence with George Pickens in the Bergen household, Ike, I've got the clip on loop of George Pickens absolutely kicking butt against the Georgia Tech defensive back. And if I squint my eyes, the Georgia Tech logo in their uniforms kind of looks like the Baltimore Ravens. And I love that attitude that he brings at the receiver position. Now, I don't want to see him get ejected from a game, but that nastiness and that mean streak to want to dominate your defender play after play after play after play. I hope he brings that to the receiver room as a rookie because you're talking about a very talented but a young group. Pretty much everyone on the offense is 25 and younger. Deontay Johnson is the elder statesman. He's 25 years old entering a contract season following a Pro Bowl season. So Chase has to raise his level of play. He has to be mature. He has to understand down distance and situation of games to where yeah, it, it for him it's between the ears. It's from, you know, from the neck down you like what you have, but in the waning seconds against Minnesota, when he decides to celebrate instead of preserving valuable time on the clock while you're trying to come back and win a football game, just understand the scenario of the game. But for me, I'm really excited about this receiver group. And I like who they bring in with George Pickens and then Calvin Austin, the third out of Memphis as well, because like Ike said, if, if there are two positions that the Steelers know and draft best, it's wide receiver and it's the linebacker position. You know, I think we could have a whole show for a debate about who drafts receivers better because I know Bengals we fans could. are going to hear that comment and maybe I don't know defend why. their own team there. I don't, I, they, I don't even know why they're going to say that. Other, other than, man, y'all need to stop that. Y'all need to – I'm talking about Hall of Fame receivers. You taking Antonio Brown in his prime, other than, other than Jamar Chase, other than Jamar Chase and Ocho, you taking Antonio Brown in his prime over every other receiver y'all had over there. I mean, AJ was pretty good, you know. I'm just saying it's comparable. That's all I'm saying. Well, what's comparable? The the talent level, the, the consistency in the drafting, you know. It, it, I think it's a debate. It, okay, and there, like I say, just my personal opinion, Jay. <laughs> you taking AB over pretty much everybody other than Jamar Chase. Or Ocho. Correct, just correct me if I'm wrong. And I'm giving Jamar Chase hella props because what he did last year as a rookie, it was it's it's unheard of. So there's no there's no ceiling for Jamar Chase. I feel like 
Ocho has been slighted over his campaign and getting in the in the Hall of Fame. Now, hmm. R.I.P. R.I.P. to my West Virginia Mountaineer, Chris Henry would have been on his way if he wasn't in that incident as well, that car incident. So other than them two, man, it's hard. Who you who you gonna take? Who you gonna take that you have other than them two? Name two other guys you're gonna take over Antonio Brown. Look from a I'm wide saying, receiver point. From a wide receiver point, like I feel like AJ would have been pretty good with Ben Roethlisberger as his quarterback. I, I feel like maybe there would have been a little bit more respect for him if he didn't have Andy Dalton for eight or nine years. But no, the no, fact that no, 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 because Carson, Carson Carson Palmer wasn't bad. Don't forget, y'all had a trio as well. Y'all had y'all had TJ, y'all had Ocho, y'all had Chris Henry. And, and y'all wind up having a tight end as well. And y'all had Rudy sitting in the backfield. You still ain't answering my question, Jay. Who are you taking <laughs> over? What's the question here? And who am I taking over Antonio Brown? I think AJ was probably more talented than Antonio Brown. I'll say it. I think Chad was phenomenal. Oh, my Lord. No. What's wrong no, no. with that? There, there. <laughs> His body of work. Who taking over AB? Other I mean, than other than Jamar Chase and Ocho, we're, we're talking his body of work. Wow. I mean, were we talking the last three years too, or are we leaving that out? Well, look, say what you want about that, John. He has a Super care. Bowl ring too. He has a Super Bowl. <laughs> like, look, look. We, we... All right, take 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 the Super Bowls out. AB, he will go. I don't know how long it's gonna take. He will be in the Hall of Fame. Name a receiver from Cincinnati over the past 15 years that you can say, you know what, he's in the Hall of Fame. I don't know if I can say that about AJ, and I feel like I can't because yeah. I never won a playoff game, and unfortunately that's just part of it. Your original point, though, was that who drafts better receivers than the Steelers, and I'm looking at the Bengals past 10 years, and they drafted four high-quality receivers. I'm just saying it's comparable. Like, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, you take nobody over Heinz Ward. You saw what he bought to the table. I'm, the I'm not even going to go there. Oh, yeah, you, you <laughs> well, my, my thing my thing with it is if it seems like, and I correct me if I'm wrong, it seems like the Steelers are, and the Bengals are good in the second round in terms of who they've drafted a wide receiver over the years. Chad was a second-round pick. You look at who she was a seventh-round pick. All of those players. But it seems like the Antonio Browns, Chase Claypool, Juju, all these productive wide receivers that they have – drafted have been non-first rounders when you look at t higgins borderline first rounder jamar chase you know top top 10 pick and then of course you've got aj top five pick um you know obviously you look at that and you say well the Bengals grabbed and who was an elite talent right there in the first round whereas the steelers i right. think have grabbed others outside they, of the first round that have been immensely talented you know, the pittsburgh steelers they go find receivers <laughs> they they it's it, we don't want we <laughs> as an organization we don't want the luxury of having a first-round talent that's not going to make the Hall of Fame. You know what? We're going to get the Lin We're going to get the John Star John Stallworths. We're going to we're going to produce, and we're going to make sure they're productive. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We don't have that kind of. The only luxury we had is the first round was who? Antonio Holmes. Other 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 than Tone, everybody else said. Third and fourth, fifth, AB was a six-round draft pick. Six-round draft pick. Don't get them first round, okay, between Julio or AJ, which one I won't take. Nah, we don't get them. 
<laughs> we get them. You know what? Let me go find that diamond in the rough. <laughs> you know, let me find that diamond in the rough guy that we can hopefully make into a Hall of Famer. You still ain't answering my question, Jay. I'm still waiting on that. <laughs> I'll hop in here. Let me hop in here really quickly, too. I love the old school tribute to Lynn Swan and John Stallworth, the 1974 draft. Four Hall of Famers for the Steelers in one draft? That's unheard of. Yeah, I get well, it. Winning, winning the Super Bowl helps. I get it. Yeah, 100%. How about Isaac Curtis? How about Isaac Curtis, a guy who changed the game back in the day as well? If we're going to talk about John Stallworth, if we're going to talk about Lynn Swan. And by the way, I'm a USC guy, so Lynn Swan, great player. I like him. So, uh, you know, you got to give a little shout out to Isaac Curtis as well. I'm, I'm, I'm for, for a Cincinnati fan, I'm going to give a major shout out to my dog, Chris Collinsworth. I'm almost oh, there. We go, Ike. Shout out to Chris. I love, I love where this, I love where this went. I love where this interview went. Talking with Mark Bergen and Ike Taylor of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Two great guys spending a lot of time with us. We've taken up a lot of time with it uh, of theirs, and we are appreciative of it. But guys, I guess this is a good place potentially to close it because we're, we're running up against uh, some time here for you guys. And let's, we've talked kind of about what the Steelers have done, the outlook of things, the quarterback position and stuff. But now from your seats, looking into the Cincinnati side of things and what the Bengals maybe surprisingly to a lot of people achieved last year, where they are headed and where the Steelers are headed and just how this division is shaping up in your guys' estimation. Obviously the Steelers are kind of doing a lot of different things to, I don't know if rebuild's the right word, maybe retool. But uh, where where do you see the Steelers in the mix of things, where this rivalry is headed, and the viability of the Bengals from the Steelers' side of things? Because I know, Ike, you have seen a lot of talented Bengals teams face-to-face, and the consistency issue has plagued the Bengals. The big game issue has plagued the Bengals, yet this team and Joe Burrow seem to have gotten past that hump a little bit. Joe Cool is the answer. Like Joe, it, it, that kind of personality, dropping a dime every time he passes it, that don't come around too often. That 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 young man, Joe Burrow, he is the answer. You know, and, and, and right now, they are at the top, and I would put them at the top of one the AFC and of course the AFC North. That's that's just what it is. Because y'all have a good trio. So you have Jamar Chase, who came in as a rookie, tore the league up. It made T. Higgins even better. And we all know what Tyler doing in the slot. Tyler cuts up. He acts a fool in the slot. So, yeah, y'all got nice. And we, we know what y'all are running. If you're going to gain anything in the world, it starts and ends with Joe Cool. So healthy, what's the sense that they got going on on the offensive side? Man, it's gonna be hard to top that. Yeah, I'll uh, I'll hop in here too. I think what the Bengals did this offseason and adding Lyle Collins and Alex Kappa along the offensive line to make sure that you protect your investment in Joe Burrow is a lot of what the Chiefs did going into last season to protect Patrick Mahomes and what the Chiefs did to retool their offensive line. So it's hey, let's make sure we can keep Burrow upright after. He had a league-leading 51 sacks against him and still managed to win a playoff game on the road against the number one seeded Tennessee Titans, despite the fact that he got sacked nine times in that game. So now you 
fortify your offensive line and you correct something that was a huge issue for the Bengals last season. I'm curious to see, yeah, do they have that Super Bowl hangover? And then to me, a couple looming questions I have would be, you know, how long is Deshaun Watson suspended? He's going to face a suspension of some sort. But then the Ravens coming back and they were absolutely decimated by injuries a season ago. It wasn't just Lamar Jackson, uh, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, your, your two running backs, their corners missed time. They had a linebacker out, Ronnie Stanley on the offensive line. So they had injuries at key positions, and that's part of the reason why the Ravens fell off last season and lost the final six games of the 2021 season. So it's going to be a competitive division again. I personally think it's going to be Bengals and Ravens kind of at the top of the division and then the Steelers right in the mix there too. But I'm never going to count Mike Tomlin out just given what his resume has been in the last 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. John, any anything else you want to ask these esteemed gentlemen before we let them plug their great show and get them on out of here? Yeah, just real quick. Um, any comments on LaShawn McCoy not seeing any difference between Kenny Pickett and Joe Burrow? <laughs> Man, LaShawn tripping. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, Joe, Joe Burrow proved this when he was at LSU. Like he he proved the more pressure you put, the more what we so called call pressure. <laughs> he like, man, this is just another day in the park for me. Hey man, those those pick guys got to stick together though. You know, nah, that's the you see you took the words out of my mouth. Like what? LaShawn, pick guy, Kenny's a pick guy. So of course he's gonna have to pub this guy up. I get it. But ain't no ain't no way. Ain't ain't, ain't no way you can put Pickett in Joe Burrow category. The dude, the dude different. He different. He different. And I, I don't like using the word different, or you can only use like Tom Brady is different. You know, um Aaron Rodgers is different when it comes down. Joe Burrow different, bro. And this this is proven. Just go back to the LSU days. So they were saying, oh, you know, he had all these five-star recruits and blase, blase. Joe Burrow like, okay, well, I came to the NFL. And before I got hurt my rookie year, I was lighting y'all butt up too. And by the way, since y'all like the Baltimore Ravens so well, I didn't put up 200. My receiver put up 200-something yards. I did a four-piece and a five-piece. So out of my five, damn, damn near 5,000 yards I didn't have, I didn't put 900 up on the Baltimore Ravens. So what are we talking about? So nah, I ain't, I'm not even going, I'm not even going to do that. Joe Burrow, that young man is different. He has the personality. He, he will be the next face, the next face for the NFL hmm. for a long time. That man could have pulled off this Cincinnati Super Bowl. You would have had to put him in a position. You would have had to talk about him being one of the greats. But he will be one of the greats. Um, I don't think it will be a Super Bowl hangover for the Cincinnati Bengals. And the only reason why I think that is because of Joe Burrow. Wow. Yeah, I mean, to say that about Pickett coming in as a rookie, like, so he has to lead the Steelers to a Super Bowl appearance in his rookie season. Like, I want to see see what he can do. I mean, heck, let's see a preseason game before we, we draw any conclusions, let alone what he could do in a regular season game. So... I'm not even going to go there because it's just like what Joe Burrow has done already for the Bengals to put that on picket and to say you have to perform at that level, I think is unfair to a rookie. What Joe Burrow, 
the playoffs solidifies yeah. how good yeah. he, he really is. You know, to go on the road, to get sacked nine times, Tennessee, to come back and win that game, to take KF, to take KC, and we all know what Patrick Mahomes and the offense can do, and to go from, from shot to shot. You shoot a three, I shoot a three. You shoot a three, I shoot a three. You shoot a three, I shoot a three. That's what Joe Burrow do, and we all know where he's going. He's going to Jamar Chase, and he's going to make the play for him. Now he got T. Higgins and, and Tyler and, and working in the slot. Man, it's, 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 it's hard. That young man, when that young man gives the call in that huddle and when Cincinnati and when that group sees Joe Burrow, you know, sitting under that center, it's all the confidence in the world. You can just see it. Well, high praise from uh, a guy who knows good quarterback play and uh, who had a, an excellent NFL career himself. Guys, this has been awesome, awesome, awesome. We appreciate your time immensely. Before we get you on out of here, uh, tell us a little bit about your show. I'm sure everybody knows about it by now, but it is the Believe in Steelers podcast with Ike Taylor, Mark Bergen, part of the Believe Podcast Network. Uh, tell us a little bit about what you guys got, got going on. And Mark, we... I. Just for the sh our show, I did superimpose. I did put your face next to Ike on that logo there, so we we gave you a little bit of a a shout out there too. It's uh, you're you're right next to Ike, but tell us a little bit about your show. I appreciate that, Anthony. Yeah, uh, Ike, go ahead. Yeah. Hey, well, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. It looks beautiful. It looks beautiful, Anthony. The black and gold on your screen right now on your esteemed Bengals podcast. Ugh, so ugh. thank you so much for having us on. But yeah, in the off season, Ike and I, we go once a week. Once we get into the regular season, really preseason, we'll probably start up twice a week again. So Monday reaction shows and then Friday preview shows to preview the weekend ahead. But Ike, we got a lot of fun things planned between now and the start of training camp in the off season. So you get to have a little bit more creativity because there's not as much going on. But even in the off season, there's been so much because we have the Minka Fitzpatrick extension, Larry Oak and Joby, which again, thank you for sending him our way to Pittsburgh. I was glad to see, okay, can't pass a physical with the Bears, and then we'll get him on a sweetheart one-year prove-it deal in Pittsburgh. But I, I always have so much fun doing the show with you week in and week out, and I, I feel like every time we record, I learn something new about the league. So um, it, I'm really, really fortunate, and I've got the best co-host in the world and Ike Taylor. Hey, Ant and John, I appreciate y'all inviting us on the show. Thanks for the collab. Make sure y'all tune in to the Believing uh, Network. Make sure y'all tune in to Mark and I Believe in Steelers podcast. All we do is spit fire, and we drop gems, and we are very insightful, and we are very entertaining, and that's just a good show overall. So make sure y'all give us a five-piece if you know anything about chicken or fries, meaning five stars every time y'all rate and review us. <laughs> <laughs> love it you guys you guys are awesome we appreciate the time and we appreciate you guys making a lot of time for us today i know uh you, you're both very busy but we this has been awesome and we can't thank you enough hopefully we can do it again maybe in the season when yes, these sir. two teams clash again but uh yeah for as as i said definitely go check out the believe in Steelers podcast on your favorite platform thank you guys enjoy the rest of your week and we'll catch up with you soon likewise john you still answer my question bro <laughs> Fine, Antonio Brown was good. <laughs> Appreciate it, fellas. <laughs>